All right, y'all. Welcome back to Reaching Your Potential podcast. Today, I have a good friend of mine. She is a occupational therapist who have so much experience in so many different settings in skilled nursing, geriatrics, subacute, long-term care facilities, all these great stuff. But right now, she's actually currently practicing as a pediatric OT in her own private practice. She's an independent contractor. So we're going to really dive deep into private practice. What does that look like? I know for me, I would love to get into this setting um, in the future. So this is the perfect person to bring into this episode. So let's get started. have my friend Patrice on the show. She's going to introduce herself, kind of give you guys a little background about how she got into OT. And then we're going to dive deep into learning a little bit about private practice. So everyone, welcome Patrice. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here on your platform, Amber. I'm so honored. (laughs) Anytime, girl. I'm so happy that you accepted the invitation. (laughs) Oh, of course. You call, I answer. I mean, I have to do that for my tri-state sister, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yes, we were both like right in the tri-state area. So this is even even more perfect and beautiful to have that relationship with each other. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, girl. So um, I would love for you to um, tell our listeners about how you got into OT. Because usually whenever I have a guest on the show that is in some type of field, especially like specifically occupational therapy. I always ask that question because I love to hear people's stories because some people have, I don't even know how to explain it. Everybody has a different story. So (laughs) I would love to hear yours. Yes, very true. So my name is Patrice. I am an occupational therapist based out of Northern New Jersey, specifically Jersey City. So I'm a stone throw away (laughs) from New York City, literally right across the river. And I've been practicing as, actually, I should say a OT practitioner for 10, 11 years. And I say that because I actually started off as a CODA, an OTA. And then once I passed the board exam for OTR, then that's when I became, uh, started to work in the OT field in New Jersey. So, Um, Everyone has such a different story of how they got into OT. So how much time do we have? (laughs) If you could give like a snippet. And I actually didn't know you were a CODA at first. So that was, that's so cool to hear. Yeah. So I could uh, dab a little bit in that aspect too. Um, So I, I feel like majority of us initially wanted to go to PT school, right? I remember you mentioning about that. So that was my mindset. I wanted to go into PT school. And actually it was my mom that brought it to my attention. I knew I did not want to be a medical doctor, physician. I knew I did not want to be a nurse because I'm not a fan of needles. (laughs) So, or like drawing blood. I just knew that was not my thing. So um, my mom told me about physical therapy. And I 
thought about it. I was like, okay, I actually shadowed someone at the local hospital here prior to me going to um, college. What ended up happening was I wasn't accepted in the PT program at my school. So I went to school in New England in Connecticut. And so I decided to go into psychology. I always had a something about psychology I was just really intrigued about. So I started as a psych major and here I am taking these science courses that would help me eventually go into the PT route. But then <laughs> it just so happened, it was like my freshman year, first semester, I was on my way home on the New York, uh, what's that, the Metro, the Metro, <laughs> yeah, and, Metro, North. Metro North, and there was a fellow OT student at the time, we actually lived in the same dorm building, and we've crossed paths before, but we never really, like, spoken per se, so I was very basically thought, like, my whole, like, life story of what I wanted to do, I said, yeah, I want to go into, in the pediatrics and I want to work as a physical therapist and x y and z and basically she like persuaded me to go into the OT route she said you know what she was like kids don't really like PT so much and I'm like, what? <laughs> like I had no idea like basically whatever she was telling me I was feeding into it and I'm like oh okay so she was telling me a little bit about OT and what I had to offer mind you that was the first time I heard of OT never heard of it before and literally by the time I got off the Metro North, I met up with my mom in the city. I told her on the cab ride <laughs> to her job, I want to go into OT. And she's like, what's that? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to do my homework, look at what the curriculum is at the school and take it from there. As soon as I got home and I saw the curriculum, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is exactly what I want to do. It's like a mesh of science and the arts. I also have a background in dance. So I wanted to tie in dance somewhere down the line in uh, occupational therapy. I felt like I couldn't do it in PT. I'm sure you can, definitely you can. But I just felt like OT was more up my speed. So that following Monday, I went to my academic advisor and I told her, I'm sorry, I don't want to do psychology because I knew I wanted to do psychology, but I didn't know exactly what to do with it. So I told her, um, you know what, I'm sorry, I don't think I would just want to do like solely psychology, I want to go into OT. So basically, she directed me to the OT department. And before you know it, I was taking my OT classes. That following summer, I was taking like the intro like OT courses like online. And it's not like how it's online now where everything is super seamless. It was like, <laughs> post like dial up <laughs> basically of internet. So yeah, so I was able to do those courses. And then the following summer, I was able to take like my biology courses at a um, Hudson County Community College, which is a local community college here to me. And I was able to get all of that transferred and I was able to graduate on time. So I was able to um, basically work and collaborate with my class by the time junior year came around. So I still kind of felt like the newbie per se, because everyone else within my cohort already had like their little cliques and their groups and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, like where okay. do I fit in? <laughs> yes. But you know, it worked out great. It was like 43 of us in the class. And I honestly, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I felt like it was the best decision 
I need. So that's how I found out about OT. <laughs> I love that story. I mean, like kudos to the OT student that you saw on the Metro North because who would have who who knows where you would end up, you know? Yes. And we're still friends to this day. She actually lives in Greece right now and she always reminds me she was like you know I was the one that got you into OT I'm like yes I know <laughs> so make sure she listens to this podcast episode yes. <laughs> like yeah. to her for sure <laughs> and um I was kind of in a similar boat with you too in terms of the psychology because um I only applied to psychology degree programs for college initially because my parents were psychology majors undergrad but then they went to pursue their master's their master's degree in education but I knew I didn't want to do education I was like I don't want to be a teacher everybody in my family are teachers I'm okay like this is not my route I think I can do something in health and that's when I was thinking about PT like you and then luckily my college had kind of like a help pre-professional program that I kind of transferred into and that's how I learned about OT because I had no idea what what OT was too so like it's just crazy to know that it's so unfortunate that not everyone knows about how great this profession is until later down the line when I don't want to say it's too late but like imagine how easier the college process would have been if we knew about the profession in high school so then when we were applying for colleges, it's a no-brainer. Like, okay, I'll, I'll apply for OT programs in different areas and see where I, I end up. But um, overall, I'm very fortunate that my school had the program that they had. Same thing with you. They already had everything connected, all the clicks and stuff in the program. I ended up entering the program my sophomore year of college. So I was following like the exercise science degree route. So I was still meeting most of the requirements, but had to take like two classes during the summer um, at a community college back at home. And I graduated on time, same thing like you. But it's just so fascinating to hear everyone's stories because everybody found out about OT a different way, but we all still connect and have that love for OT, which is so great. Yeah. And it's the same with me too. Like I had an interest in psychology because of my mother. So she had a, a duo um, major, if I'm not mistaken, uh, psychology and sociology. And that was the reason why I was like, okay, let me do psychology. But um, the same thing with me, both sides of my family, my mom and dad's side, mostly educators. And I knew I didn't want to go into teaching, but honestly, I am kind of teaching because <laughs> I'm with the little ones now. And and that's what the parents call me. They're like, oh, here's Miss Patrice. Here's your teacher. Your teacher's here. <laughs> but yeah, but it is what it is. But teaching in another way, though. not Right, exactly. <laughs> not necessarily like a classroom, as you said. Like, you know, it's in a, it's a more creative way. I don't, and I'm not shaming teachers at all with that because like, hey, I come from a family full of teachers and educators. But it's just like, I just love how like OT, as you explained, it mixtures the science, the creativity, and just allowing whoever we are helping get to reach their goals in just like creative ways. Yes, yeah. yes, I highly agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go deep into 
what you do now in terms of pediatric OT. Why did you um, want to do pediatrics? You kind of mentioned that you wanted to do it when you were thinking about PT. Um, but um, first, let's talk about why you chose pediatric OT and how did you make that transition when you were working in like nursing homes and other settings to decide like, hey, I want to have my own private practice? Yeah, that's a great question. So I honestly, when I finished school and I was looking for a position, the only positions that I saw available at the time, readily available, were in the SNF setting. And a lot of the positions that were pediatric based either required at least one year's worth of experience or um, even like up to like three years worth of experience, they were not accepting my level two field work as experience as a student. You had to be actual like practicing working with kids. So I was thinking, okay, well, that's a bummer. So at the same time, I didn't want that to hold me back but I still wanted to get my feet wet and work in a setting, basically whatever came my way. So that's when I started working in the SNF setting. I actually grew up with my grandmother living with us. So my grandmother, my mom's mom was like my third parent basically. So that was a dynamic in my household. So I always had a great relationship with her. Even the area that I grew up with, like on my block, there were a lot of older adults that were living on this block for a number of years. And I always had a great rapport with them. So I didn't find it strange for me to even go into the skilled nursing setting and actually loved it. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it because my heart was still in peds at the time, but I enjoyed it a lot. I loved hearing the stories from all of my patients. Um, they were just so wise beyond their years, of course. They were always so, most of the time, they were kind. A lot of times, you know, here and there, you may get cursed out or whatever the case is. But, you know, I never let it, just let it go past me, basically, um, <laughs> you know. But, um, but at the same time, I had appreciation being in that type of a setting because strangely enough, it actually helped me transition into the pediatric realm. Sounds weird, but, you know, anyone who is an older adult, and you can kind of attest to this too, you're kind of also working with basic skills all over again with early stages of development right. with like little ones. So there's a lot of like parallels that I didn't realize at the time. And what actually helped me really like hit the ground running and go into peds was the birth of my niece. So I know. <laughs> so um big fact, major fact, I'm an aunt and a godmother and to an eight-year-old who is super cool and amazing. So um I honestly haven't had like a a little one close to them and seeing them develop on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm the youngest in my family. So me being the baby, I wasn't really around little ones so much unless it was like gatherings with our cousins and, and whatnot, but it's different because you're not with them on a day-to-day -day basis. So she basically helped me and prepared for me to 
work with the little ones. I was doing all the different uh, reflexes and everything with her. I was teaching my sister and brother-in-law like all the different reflexes that she was showing at the time. I said, hey, this is ATNR. This means this, this is STNR. This means that, this is Morrow. This means that. <laughs> so she was actually like helping me too along the developmental stages of uh, working with the little ones. And I also kind of felt a little intimidated in a way because I wasn't sure how parents and caregivers were going to be receptive of someone who was not someone like in their family to be working with them and how I would like hold the baby and, and things of that nature. Right. But once my niece came into the picture, all that just went out the window and I'm like, all right, I think I'm ready to do this. <laughs> and it actually came to my attention working in skilled nursing because there was another OT that I was working within once um, one building. I, I hopped around a different building. I was working on PRN, but I was long-term, if that makes sense, like an extended type of contract. Right. So I was at one building and I remember the OT telling me, um, have you ever thought about working in EI? And I was like, no, actually. <laughs> I was like, the little ones, like the baby baby. She was like, yeah, she's like, it's a lot of fun. I was like, oh, I was like, okay, we can, I could try it. So when she gave me a contact, I, I, I ran with it. So since then I extended to two more contracts, but now I'm down to just two contracts and I love it. I'm able to set up my own schedule with the families. And also I didn't mention this too. I'm currently in school for my post-professional OTD. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. So, so being able to like create my own schedule working with kids also seeing children privately under my LLC and then also setting a time aside to do my schoolwork it's really been helpful I felt like if I was still like full-time in the skilled nursing setting I probably would not have had the, the push to go in this route and to go back to school, which I still find crazy because I was that one person I'm like, no, I got my master's, like I'm done, I don't need it. I paid off the school loans and everything. And now here I am. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> oh, that's so cool to hear. Um, I'm in that same way in terms of like skilled nursing facilities. I'm in one right now. Um, I'm actually um, in travel therapy. So I do, yeah, I do 13 week or more um, week contracts at different nursing facilities within the states that I have my license in. So right now I'm in New York, but I'm planning to do my next contract down south. So I'm very excited to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, as you said, with older adults, I have a great rapport with my grandmothers and specific and even my great grandparents, that's kind of that gave me the push to work with older adults because of seeing how they lived, um, just like living in place and just, you know, doing what they love to do until they got to the age of 94 and 98. So like they lived a really long life. And I was just like, you know what, I can see myself working with people around that age. And I don't feel uncomfortable talking to them. And they, as you said, they have these words of wisdom and all this great stuff. But it's so interesting, as you said, like those skills that when you're working with older adults are very similar when you do work with the kiddos. And um, I worked in EI for a very short time. It was like three months. I 
it wasn't really my thing. Like, I don't think it was my thing, but um, it was a great experience for sure. And I just kind of used those same skills, as you said, um, when you're working in a nursing home. Unfortunately, I'm not really around little kiddos. So lucky for you that you had a blessing in disguise. You had your niece that came around that really helps you not learn them, but like we learned them in school. But of course, like after the boards, if you're not in that setting, you're not really applying it as much. You kind of tend to forget those skills because you're not using them on a daily basis. But when something as great as like your niece coming around and you knew that pediatrics and like EI was going to be something that was going to be your goal. This is the time to really apply everything that you learned. And I'm such a visual person where like you have a hands on where like that's the best way to learn. So like, why not use your niece and talk to your, your sister and your brother-in-law about the different developmental stages that she's going to go through literally right before your eyes and you're going to apply the same skills into your job. So I think that's amazing to hear that that really helped spark your practice and even what you're doing right now. And now as a future doctor in OT, that's so awesome to hear. (laughs) Thank you. And that's the thing is I'm also a visual learner hands-on. So any, any class that we had that was associated with the lab, oh man, like I absorbed so much in that. Um, and I didn't mention this too. I was actually a rehab tech prior to being an OTA. So I was able to like eyeball different sizes of wheelchairs. Like I wasn't able to do that in school. So having like that extra assistance of like other OTs and and other um, PT speech therapists. I did that for seven months prior to me um, becoming an OTA. And they were all so wonderful and so helpful and and guiding me and whatnot. So every step of the way led me to where I am today. And I'm just so thankful with like different life experiences, even like with my dad. Unfortunately, he's not here with us. Um, I lost him eight years ago, but um, he was actually my practice patient of like my older adult patients too. So, so working with him up until like his passing and then the birth of my niece and then working with her, helping with my skills as a pediatric OT, like all of these life changes that happened basically like shaped me in whatever setting that I was going into. Yes. And um, I felt that way with my great grandpa when um, a few months before he passed, he passed away 2018. And I remember during the time, um, like 2017, my great grandmother passed away. So we had to kind of transition things towards him. But of course, he wasn't leaving the house. He was basically homebound for the most part. So we had to really, we had to like get the wheelchair and get him in the wheelchair and get him out the house and do a car transfer. And I'm like, oh, I know all this stuff. Can I learn this in OT? So I got this. But of course, like, I'm sure your your dad felt the same way. He kind of still sees you as like this little girl. Just like, oh, you can't, you can't transfer me. You can't help me. Like, I'm still be helping you. But like, I had to tell him like straight down, like, pop, I got you. I, I live heavier than you. I can get you in this car. Don't worry about it. Like, so it, as you said, like, it's so 
awesome just like hearing your story and just seeing the cycle you know the cycle of it doesn't matter like what setting you work in because like you're gonna have so many different experiences where we can apply the knowledge that we've learned in school and apply into our career it's just beautiful totally and my my dad was awesome. Like he was the type of person that would always talk about, I have an older sister. So he would talk about my older sister and I to everyone. So anytime he was like in a hospital or in rehab, like he would always tell all the therapists about me. He's like, oh yeah, my daughter is a, a therapist. She's an OT too. And, you know, I'd practice like different exercises with him, transfers and out of bed, commode and all that. And, um, you know, he would go to the rehab, like the outpatient, and he would say, oh, Patrice, they did this with me, they did that with me, and I said, uh, yeah, daddy, we worked on that, too, like, <laughs> like, anything that I worked on with him, it wasn't approved, I guess, because, like, what you mentioned, like, I'm his daughter, I was a baby girl, so, like, he's not gonna listen to me, but he would listen to the therapist there, but actually, because of him, I was able to get a, a position, <laughs> at a school nursing facility so wow yeah. <laughs> awesome. yeah so it was everything was just full cycle like um there was one um rehab director um at one building and they needed an OT there and I heard like not so great stories about that rehab director in particular, but I didn't want to take that into consideration. I said, okay, let me just go in clean slate, not realizing she was actually my dad's home health OT. So, so when she saw my last name, she had asked me, she was like, what's your dad? So-and-so I said, yeah, <laughs> like, I was his home health OT. I'm like, what? So literally from that moment on, like I was good as gold with her. She would, she would um schedule me like with great patients, like not so difficult patients. Cause there's yeah. times where if you're filling in at a skilled nursing facility, they would give person who's filling in like all the hard patients. Right. It was never the case with me. Like her and I, like we were good. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> and I actually ran into her recently and I'm like, oh my gosh, like so real. So, but yeah, but like because of my dad and my niece, like they really like paved the way for me in my OT field so far. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> All right. One quite well, I have like two questions before we end off here. The first sure. question is, do you have any pros and cons in terms of like where you're at in terms of your private practice? Yeah. So pros are obviously setting your own schedule, setting up however you want you being your own boss, the cons, setting up your own schedule, being your own boss. <laughs> because you don't have anyone basically telling you what to do, arranging your schedule for you, telling you, okay, these are the clients that you're having for this day. These are clients that you're having for the next day. So basically when it comes to that, like there's pros and cons in anything, even doesn't matter what setting you're in and whatnot. So I feel like they kind of go hand in hand, <laughs> fortunately and unfortunately, about setting up your own schedule and being your own boss. <laughs> I can see that because for me, I love to have a schedule kind of planned for me. So I know like when I plan to have a private practice, I'm like, oh man, now I'm, I'm responsible for creating that schedule. I'm responsible to make sure 
that you know you have enough clientele as well to make a certain income in terms of like your goals your budget all this different stuff and you kind of have to like figure that out I don't want to say figure out on your own like sooner or later you'll like have like other resources that kind of like assist you in terms of that but like how do you go about that in terms of like how many clients do you need in order to feel like you're pretty much like financially secure yeah that's a great question um the thing is you also have to factor in if there's cancellations too um with the early intervention so with the contract thing um, I'm not able to like charge someone per se if they cancel on me. But with me having my own private practice, I can do that because I'm my own boss. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so those are things that you have to factor in. It basically goes depending on what you feel is attainable for you. So like for me, for example, if I were to have five clients, Monday through Thursday, and then maybe one or two on Friday, I'm okay. Um, what I've done is that, um, and then this is basically like with my own experience, I've noticed that Fridays, I try not to take on a client who I have as like a regular session on that day. That day I consider as like my makeup day. So any client that I've missed earlier in the week, I have Friday as like my makeup for them. So if I don't have any makeups, I have that as like my free day, but I tie it into like my admin day. So anything in relation to like building that I got to take care of, um, anything school related, I take care of mostly on that day as well. Awesome. And where do you normally do your your sessions? Are they mostly virtual? Or are they in person or just like a mixture of both? It's a mixture of both, actually, um, because obviously due to the pandemic, all of it was virtual. But as of September 2020, that's when they had allowed for us to go back in person. So there are still some families that do want the virtual, even within my um, private practice, I offer teletherapy as an option for them. And it's been working so far, thank goodness. Oh, that's so cool. I like that you can have the best of both worlds per se, you know, because totally. you kind of need that. <laughs> Yeah. And then it's also helpful, especially if there's like inclement weather, I can still see someone virtual for a session. So that has definitely been a blessing for sure. It's oh, like yeah. just completely missing that session. Right. Because you already know how the weather is in terms of winter and the snow storms. <sighs> Too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And the Northeast is no joke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So to end off, I wanted to ask you, what do you think is kind of like requirements in terms of getting into private practice in terms of like where you are right now? If you wish you knew what you know now, what would it be? If you can think of like maybe like three things. Oh, that's a really good question. I would say to whichever setting that you're have a desire of going into, I would say go on social media and find a current OT who is in that setting already, just so you can, you know, ask questions to them, invite them for like a virtual coffee date meetup, <laughs> you know, and see if they're open to 
answering questions of yours. I would also see if I can seek some type of mentorship from someone who is probably within that same space as well. And I would like to add something. Um, and I'm so happy that you were able and agreed to do this, but I also have the Occupational Therapy Entrepreneurs of Color community on a Facebook, the Facebook group that we have. And I held my first online conference earlier this year back in May, which was super exciting. And the reason why I put together that platform was because I didn't see anything like that. I didn't see any um, OT entrepreneurship group, Facebook groups that were solely for people of color basically. And I feel like there's, you know, different nuances and things that we go through that aren't discussed in general OT entrepreneurship groups. And I wanted to have that community just so we have other OTs who look like us, who more than likely are in certain settings of OT and they have their own businesses that we can have some type of mentorship. We can have some type of community where we can talk and chat with each other share experiences with one another. So I feel like that mentorship piece is so important. Um, another thing is don't doubt yourself. Um, you can go into entrepreneurship as soon as right after you finish school. You can even do it as a student. Um, I know of an OT who um, she started her business basically in school. So she was posting, uh, you know, on uh, YouTube and whatnot about different things that she was learning from a student's perspective and whatnot, and then blossoming from there. So you don't necessarily have to go based upon, oh, I have to know everything in order to start my business. You don't. As long as you're like one or two steps ahead of your clients or your audience that you're going to be sharing with, that's all that matters. And then to be quite frank, whoever your audience or your clientele will be, they don't care about all of those alphabet letters after our name. Only we know what that means. <laughs> but as long as the client knows that you're providing a good customer service to them, you're being supportive to them, and you're helping solve whatever it is that they're going through, that's all that matters. So I would say those three things. Yes, that, that is wonderful. Like what you just said, because <laughs> I feel like we get so intimidated by like not knowing enough or not knowing everything. And what you pointed out, like, it's okay. Like just start the journey, just start it. And people love that authenticity in terms of like just being along the journey that you're in. So thank you so much, Patrice, for being here, for providing all these words of wisdom, all these gems. It's just providing so much insight in terms of the private practice experience. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people, especially myself, learned a thing or two about what it takes to work as an OT in private practice and just reaching for those goals. But most importantly, not waiting until, you know, we're in that field as an OT practitioner, but we can start even as a student or even before you pass your boards and things of that nature. We provide so much knowledge and skill that 
we don't give ourselves enough credit at times. So I'm just so glad that you were able to not just encourage me, but encourage all the listeners out there to pursue those goals. So thanks again. Oh, my pleasure. I really enjoyed our conversation for sure. (laughs) Yes, me too. So at the end of the episode, I usually give my guests the opportunity to talk about any projects that they're currently working on and also providing any social media handles so everyone can follow you. Yeah, so my uh, practice is Maynard Milestones. So that's like the overarching umbrella with everything that I do with my uh, seeing clients privately, with my independent contracting, and with my platform, Occupational Therapy Entrepreneurs of color. So I'm definitely going to do another one next year of the online conference. So the first one um, took place back in May, and I was so excited about that. And it was actually brought to my attention to do that conference through the mentorship of Dr. Reina Oliveira. And I had signed up for her uh, course. She had the program where she helps you to create online courses. So initially I wanted to put together an online course and then she brought to my attention, you know what? This sounds like you can put this together as an online conference. And I'm like, what? I never thought of that. But it made sense to basically take her under my wing or me being under her wing and to learn from her because she had held her first online conference few months prior to us um, being able to get together and me have like mentorship through her. And she has such a huge success with that particular conference. So I figured, you know what? Okay. So I literally started putting in the work from January of this year. I was reaching out to fellow OTs, especially you, Amber. And I was so thankful that I want to say like 90% of the people that I reached out to said yes, that they would be a part of the conference and would be a panel speaker. And I was so elated because I already built these relationships with fellow OTs in the online space. So it was like an easy yes in a way. And I was so thankful for it. There were other OTs that I've been following on social media for some time, and I never met on the online space. And even the majority of them had said yes. So I was so shocked about it. Um, And being able to put all of that together in a short span of time, along with me working, seeing children privately, also being in school, and how I was able to pull it off in May, I don't even know how I did it. But it all worked out. Thankfully, I received amazing feedback from the panel speakers, from the attendees. And I even have panel speakers who already said, put me in for next year. I said, awesome. So I will be um, talking more about that next year. I'm going to be changing the date later on in the year. I'm actually looking into next October. So you're hearing this first (laughs) and everyone else who's listening right now. So I'm going to do October, 2023. I feel like that time of the year will be better because, you know, I feel like people will be more situated in whatever roles that they're doing. It's um, beginning of like the school year at that time. So, so yeah, so you can follow me at Maynard Milestones. I will spell that. 
M as in Mary, A as in Apple, Y, N as in Nancy, A as in Apple, R as in Robert, D as in David, and milestones as in developmental milestones. So that is on Instagram and also on Facebook. Thank you so much, Patrice, for that. And I can attest to it as being a panelist. I was so happy that you even asked me. I was very honored um, just to speak about, you know, what I do as an OT, combining with fitness, as well as being a podcaster for my podcast, Reaching Your Potential. And it was just so awesome just to be in a room filled with other people that are doing such amazing things in the profession and specifically being people of color. Um, we don't have opportunities to really have that time to talk to one another, to collab, to just have these discussions that, you know, we're not the only ones doing this. And it's so great that you provided that conference, which I think was so amazing. And I'm definitely down to be a part of it next year. You already have it first. We already had this discussion. And it's done. <laughs> I got you down. I got you down. Awesome. <laughs> but, um, I really enjoyed that so much. Um, that conference was just an eye opener to show that we can do so many things with OT. And even from those different discussions at your during that conference, I was able to make more connections to other OTs. I'm like, wait a minute, I need that person on my podcast. I need that. I need to talk to that person about what they're doing because I never knew that was even a thing in occupational therapy. So because of your conference, you definitely have opened so many people's eyes to such amazing things. So continue doing what you're doing for Chase. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. It truly means a lot to me. And thank you for creating this space as well to hear other OTs and all of our unique journeys and what we have to share and offer because we are all needed in the OT world. Our clients need us and we need the field too. So <laughs> thank you so much. Anytime, girl. Yeah, I always talk about like the kind of like the vision of this podcast. Yes, we want our clients to reach their fullest potential, but how can we do the same? And we can do it without each other. So I thank you again, Patrice, for everything that you brought in this episode. Y'all, this was the episode with Patrice. We talked about everything in terms of OT, private practice, pediatric OT, skilled nursing facility. We talked a little bit like of everything, which I, I don't mind, you know, like I love just letting the conversation flow. But I hope you guys learned a thing or two from this episode from me and Patrice. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything that has been said on this episode, you know where to reach me on Instagram or my email. But that's all we have. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace out.